20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Welcome into an all-new episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. So incredibly excited to be joined today by the one and only Luke Braun. You can follow him on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find him on Lockdown Vikings. Make sure to check out his Patreon page, patreon.com slash Luke Braun NFL. He is the age old or the, the answer to the age old question of, is it possible for there to be an intelligent Viking fan? The answer apparently <laughs> is yes. Luke does. Luke does an incredible job of covering the team. One of the things I really respect about Luke is a, he's super smart covering the team. Uh, B, he does it without rose-tinted glasses. He has a ton of fun with it. He's super analytical, and I always appreciate his insights. So, Luke, thank you so much for joining today. Oh, thank you so much for the intro. Wow. Yeah, I've been, uh, get, I've been a I fan get, for a long time. When I get inducted into the Podcaster Hall of Fame, I'm going to have you introduce me. I am happy to do so. Uh, it'll be a little weird as I'm wearing you now, you know, Packers clothes, introducing a Vikings, you know, Podcast Hall of Fame. But we'll we'll figure out the logistics. Well, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Luke, obviously we have this really interesting Packers-Vikings matchup this week. I think somebody tweeted out today that it's the first time since like 2006, 2008, somewhere around there where both of these teams have had losing records at the same time. Yeah, um, and I think it's it's the first time since 92 that the Vikings have been favored in Lambeau. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, like well, that never happens, right? The first time since Brett Favre joined. <laughs> like, that is crazy. Um it's an interesting matchup, obviously, because again, both teams are right now have losing records. However, both are trending in very opposite directions. The Vikings coming off a really big win against the 49ers. And I'm sure you guys have probably had to put up with, uh, well, Brock Purdy was concussed and they didn't have Trent. Well, it, I don't care. They had a really impressive performance against yeah. the 49ers. I mean, that happened on the, on the second to last drive of the game. Like yeah. the rest of the game happened too, and they only scored 14. So very much so. So I guess just sort of your general thoughts on, the state of this Minnesota Vikings team, because just a couple weeks ago, we're talking like, is Kirk Cousins going to get traded? Daniil Hunter might be gone. And it felt like, you know, sort of panic mode in Minnesota. Now it's like they might be able to run off some wins and make a playoff uh, run at this thing. So wh where, where are you guys at right now? Your Minnesota Vikings are in playoff position. I'll have you know. Seven seed right now off of weird tiebreakers because it's only week eight. <laughs> Crazy. Um. Yeah. So the, the, Vibe has been, it, it depends on if you're asking about the fans and media or if you're asking about the team itself, because the fans and media were ready to start pressing the fire sale button after they lost to the Eagles. Yeah. Oh, it's 0-2. Nobody ever makes the playoffs after 0-2. Let's sell everybody off for draft picks and focus on next year. Um, the team never blinked. They never, ever, ever once thought this season is over. They looked at the schedule and they said, well, let's just win one. And even, even at 0-3, they said, well, let's just beat the Panthers and see how this goes. And even at one and four, they said, well, I don't know. We got the Bears. Let's just do this. They go into San Francisco. They were mad in that game. They were so sick of being told that San that they had no chance. That San Francisco was so physical that they were going to beat them up. They were going to hang 50 on them. They, they took that personally and took that win. And now suddenly you're sitting there at three and four going, I don't know, beat the Packers, beat the Broncos, and you got a winning record, and you're sitting there in the thick of everything. Um, they never, ever, ever blinked. And they always believed that they had something good going on and how ah, we just been a little unlucky with turnovers. And I think they've kind of vindicated themselves on that. Yeah, I think so too. It's, it's, it's been the interesting start where they had the losses. And again, they've been able to come back and get a couple wins recently. Uh, I have to eat a little bit of crow here, Luke, because I, I thought 
and, and we'll still see how this plays out the rest of the year. I, I honestly thought the Vikings were in the absolute no man's land of you still got Kirk Cousins at quarterback. They've sold off some players. The Darius was gone. Delvin Tomlinson was gone. Thielen was gone. You, you know, I can't, you know, like all these players, um, you know, no longer with the team. And, you know, I, I didn't think they had quite the young, you know, sort of 25 and under assets, but there's a few players. Obviously we know Justin Jefferson. He's phenomenal. He's obviously not going to be playing, yeah. this game, but he's, you know, our top three player in the league. And then you've got, Christian Darrisaw, who uh, even preseason, I thought was one of the better left tackles of football. He's playing out of his mind. He might even be playing better than what I expected. And then Jordan Addison, talk about a heck of a start to his career. I mean, he's not, obviously he's not Justin Jefferson, but the role he played in that Minnesota or in the Viking in the 49er game, excuse me, was super impressive as well. Um, You've got some really nice youth pieces here as well. Yeah, the the last two drafts are starting to sort of come into their own and in some places, right? We still have Lewis seen healthy scratch, yeah. um, but Andrew Booth is starting to get into the rotation. Uh, Caleb Evans is just a bona fide starting corner and he's playing well uh, as a fourth round pick from last year. And then some of the rookies this year in uh, Addison, Makai Blackman had taken some reps before Andrew Booth took him away. Um, they're getting a little bit more out of that youth movement, but, but I think the... The, the thing that is really difficult for a lot of people to wrap their heads around because we're all too much dynasty fantasy and Madden people yeah. is the like the, the competitive rebuild stuff that Quasi is always talking about um, where they did understand they were they Quasi took over a team, looked at it from 2020 and 2021 and said, this is a, a roster in decay there. Uh, a lot of cap blow. A lot of these guys are getting old and we want to move off these guys and kind of transition into the the Quasi version of the team. This is Rick's version of the team. I don't. I, I I want to transition into my version of the team. And the deal that they made was Quasi had a plan and came into the interviews with this because they wouldn't have called him back if he said I want to tank. Um, was yeah, we're we're gonna move off all of these guys. We're gonna restructure this roster into a totally different thing. And you know, in, in over the course of three years, it's a three year plan, or he calls it a three year time horizon, which is a hilarious phrase. Um, it's a three-year plan to transition from team A to team B, right? And you kind of have the same thing in Chicago with Ryan Poles, three-year plan to go from team A to team B. And the difference is the bears do not care about the interim years. We'll yeah. win four games. Who cares? Like, we'll, we'll get better draft picks. I don't care. We'll tear it all down, trade it all for picks. Let's let's amass assets and, and we'll just suck for a while. Sorry, fans. You got to deal with it. Yep. Um, the Wolves will not abide that. Ownership of the Vikings will not ever, they, they are fans themselves. They're diehard Giants fans. They will never, ever in their lives look at that team and look at Vikings fans and say, sorry, guys, you got to deal with it. We must be competitive every year. We have to take those interim years seriously. Um, that doesn't take away from the play. Like what you do in 2023 is not go, like signing Byron Murphy is not going to have any adverse effect on 2025, right? Unless you want to get really weird about rollover cap. But that, um, like they're they're transitioning into what they want to be in 2025 while still just not trying to suck on the fly. And hey, look, you got Justin Jefferson and you haven't had to pay him yet. They probably will uh at next offseason. That's that's where that is. Um really they they plan to revisit it. That's kind of the the line we've been given. But I think they're they're doing okay. Um, you know, they but yeah, they might not bring back Daniel Hunter, but they're not just gonna cut him. You know, right. like, well, we still got you under contract. We're going to use you. Let's see if we can't sneak into the playoffs and get something dumb. You know, I mean, if you want to think probabilistically, 
opportunities are are valuable, right? Playoff appearances are valuable because they're Super Bowl opportunities. Um, you know, the the Bears this year and last and last did not have a Super Bowl opportunity. They sacrificed that value for something else. So, yeah, it's all cost cost benefit. Yeah, and it makes a ton of sense. And I think from a Packers standpoint, I think the Packers were hoping to do some similar stuff of sort of doing a sort of retooling slash rebuild while also trying to remain competitive. Um, they've got the second part of that wrong so far. Um, they might have got the first part wrong too. We'll have to kind of wait and see. But it, it obviously hasn't been going to, uh, according to planning Green Bay. But just as Minnesota has kind of shown, sometimes that can turn around in a hot second and all of a sudden you've got to win over the 49ers under your belt and things look totally different. We're recording this uh, prior to injury reports coming out on Friday. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, TJ Hawkinson, I know, has been a little bit banged up. Where are the Vikings injuries at and what are you going to kind of be monitoring as the final injury report comes along and as inactives get announced on Sunday? Right. So TJ Hawkinson had a foot injury in the Monday night game against uh, San Francisco. He went up in front of the media yesterday uh, on Thursday or no, on Wednesday and said, oh, I'll be fine. And he he was a DNP that day in practice. Yeah. Um, but he said, no, I'll be fine. He was limited on Thursday. So if he's limited on Friday, I would anticipate that he goes. Yep. Um, they also have Ezra Cleveland, who is dealing with a foot injury. He's been DNP all week. I would not expect him to go. Uh, that will mean Dalton Reisner, who played really well against San Francisco, comes in in relief. Um, I think those are the only major ones. We've got a couple other dings here, here and there. Uh, we, uh, oh, Brian Awesome was also hurt, but he wasn't really starting anyways. He got usurped by Ivan Pace, which is a, a shock because he was actually playing one of the better, to, to my eye at least. Maybe I'm an idiot. But when I watched camp, I thought Brian Asimov was like a top four or five player on the field. And I thought Ivan Pace was playing that well too. So I think Ivan Pace just won the job. And despite a good camp, like, hey, that's the nature of competition, right? You can play real well and lose. Um, either way. Sorry, tangent, but he's he's probably out, but he was mostly a special teamer at this point anyways. And yeah, uh, Caleb Evans has been banged up too, but he's playing through it all. Ivan Pace has been an incredible story, and he's been really fun to watch. Um, Minnesota clearly got a steal with him. Uh, on, its, on its simplest terms, let's start kind of transitioning into this Packers-Vikings game and what we're going to kind of be watching in this game. I'll start on a very simple. Vikings will win this game if what? If they get Jordan love to process too much post snap. I think that's the, the goal, the game plan goal. Um, and there are two things. I mean, there's disguising coverages, right? That's the easy part. Make it look like they, they got an interception on Brock Purdy at the very end of the game uh, against San Francisco presented a too high look, rotated that to cover three double buzz drop eight. And one of the buzzers got the pick. Purdy just never saw it. Um, so that kind of stuff, which Brian Flores loves to do. Flores' defense is totally insane. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, he's lived the last two games out of 5-1-5. Like, screw a linebacker. We're just going 5-1-5 or 4-1-6 in the dime, and we're having our, our our big nickel, our third safety, Josh Metellus, play Will linebacker. Sure, man. Also, we lead the league in blitzes. Also, we lead the league in drop eight coverage. It's, like, just absolutely insane extremified warped Cronenberg defense. I love it. It's fantastic. It has absolutely not worked well every week. <laughs> some, some teams just, you know, the chargers figured them out. The chiefs figured them out. Uh, but I think there is this idea that because they've lost a lot of these veteran core pieces that have been around since the early 2010s, um, you know, they've lost bar and Kendricks and, uh, Everson Griffin, all these guys that used to define the Vikings, they are young and that roster is unproven. So F it, we ball 
and let's blitz every play. I don't care if that dude is a sixth round pick. He's unblocked and he's coming at your quarterback. So what I want to present to Jordan Love, if I were in charge, what I would want to present to Jordan Love is a a look that does not rotate pre-snap, rotate that post-snap and make him process it. And yeah, that means guys are going to be a little later to the landmarks. I'm okay with that because I want to make him think. Um, And two, the way that they do their stunts, um, I want to flash a lot of color because to me, watching Jordan Love, it looks to me like when color flashes, even if that's not actual pressure, when color flashes, he reacts like it's pressure and he starts moving around and then he'll start throwing things off base and winging them. And then he starts spraying, right? If you don't yep. set your feet, you'll spray him. So that's what I want to do. And the way the Vikings stunt game um, works, I think is really conducive to that. So I would want to call a lot of that. This is the the Flores Belichick stunting world where you'll have, um, you'll, you'll often call two stunts on the same play, one on the left, one on the right, or sometimes one or the other. Um, but you'll have like me and you stunts are their name for like T E stunts, tech stunts, um, tackle end, or they'll have three man stunts that are, you know, two crashers, one looper, or they'll, they'll, you know, have the edges just rush up field and then they'll do a stunt with all the interior guys, um, either a two or three man. So they've got all of these kind of pieces and you'll say, you know, uh, left, hot, right, you, and that tells you that we're going to do two different two man stunts, one on the left, one on the right. Um, even if none of that gets home, and I know I, just, I talked to Peter Bukowski on my show, Crossover Thursday, Locked On. We, we do uh, a crossover episode for every upcoming game. So I was talking to Peter about stunts, and he was he telling me that like they're struggling a lot with stunts. So I'm just going to bring that up. That. Yep. Um, but even if the line can figure it out, hopefully I can just get enough white to flash in Jordan Love's eyes where he'll start to make mistakes. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? In college, I personally dealt with an addiction that was tough to get over. And while my mind kept telling me to do the right things and I wanted to do the right things, it was always hard trying to make the right choices in real time. What I eventually found out was that therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back and how to work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy has helped me with my past struggles and helped make me a better person today for my friends and my family. Therapy has helped me learn my trigger points, my destructive habits, and what positive steps to take to ensure that those negative behaviors turn into positive ones. If you're even thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be catered to your schedule, and flexible to your individual needs. The best part is that BetterHelp is so easy to sign up for. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your best friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Packaday. It's finally football season, which means it's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, 
It's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepicks.com/packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com/packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. I think that's totally fair. And yes, they have struggled with stunts. And the other thing I'll say is, you know, we were talking a little bit yesterday of like what Packer games to watch to kind of, you know, get a good, you know, glimpse of what this team is. You go back early in the season, Jordan didn't have that same level of panic, uh, you know, when, when color flash and part of it was just because color wasn't flashing as much, but like he felt confident and comfortable. You could tell going through his progressions, the Detroit game changed things where he got hit a lot. Aiden Hutchinson won a lot. Somehow John Kaminsky won a lot. And they just got, they got after him and then things kind of changed and you could tell his eyes have started to drop and he hasn't trusted his protection up front, understandably so, because it just hasn't been very good. But to your point, now he's kind of getting off his spot a little bit more, his eyes are dropping more and it's affecting him a lot more than it was even in preseason camp and then certainly early in the year. So I think that's, that's spot on. The question I want to pose to you and one that I've been kind of wondering this week. So Green Bay has struggled without anything exotic coming at them. Like it just kind of base defense, cover with hmm. seven, rush with four, get home with four, and they can't do anything. They Dude, can't that's run just losing one on ones. Then yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they 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 can't run. They can't they, they they can't protect against even a four man rush. And Jordan Love seeing seven guys in coverage. There's just nothing getting open, and they they just can't do anything. So that that's why I think it's going to be interesting this week to be like, all right, do do the Vikings just go a little bit more vanilla and basic and be like, you know what, they can't beat basic stuff. Why are we doing defense three hundred one when defense one hundred one is going to work perfectly? Or do they kind of live up to what they do best and just say, you know what, we're going to do our thing. They're not going to be able to stop it. But maybe Green Bay actually get some advantageous looks because they are blitzing and you know more than other teams have and actually get some things that maybe could open some things up or maybe just make a person miss and make a big play. That's going to be one of the things I'm really interested in in this one. I would not anticipate Brian Flores to run a single game this year, Vanilla. I, yeah. I, and he's perfectly aware of that idea of like, well, we don't really need to blitz this guy all the time. They're kind of losing a lot. They're struggling. They're playing bad right now. No, F it. We are going to make this hard on you. Uh, regardless of if that's a good idea or not. I mean, they blitzed jo- Justin Herbert 82% of the time in, in that game in week three. He he hung 400 on them. He beat that blitz all day. Flores would not move off of it. And we knew that going in. It's just a philosophy. It's how they live. And blitz percentages are also kind of weird. I think they imply a level of aggression that we kind of have to change our standards a little bit with the way that defenses are going because a lot of these three, four defenses We'll have five man fronts and just have all five of those guys rush. Yep. And it doesn't feel like a blitz. It's like five guys with their hand on the dirt, five guys, you Game. know, pass yep. rush the passer. And we just have a six man coverage structure on the back end. So it's like, yeah, that that's traditionally, if they're more than four go, that's a blitz. But it's not, you know, an exotic pressure every single time. It's yep. you know, we're we're gonna line up in our base package. I, I see a lot of 12 personnel from the from the Packers. Yep. So that probably means a lot of that base is going to be on the field. Might be another five-one-five game where we have a bunch of big nickel on the back end or even dime on the back end. Um, and we're going to send those five and we're probably going to come really, really aggressively on every third down, line up eight on the line of scrimmage, and then it becomes the game of who's coming and who doesn't. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't see them handling anybody. Like they didn't play straight up against Mahomes. 
They're not playing straight up against anybody. (laughs) That that was my take on it too. I just think it's going to be a really interesting dynamic to see. Is that beneficial for Green Bay or did they just can't handle that either? And that's, I think that's one of the really fun things to watch in this game. On the flip side, the Vikings will lose this game if what? If they turn the ball over more. Uh, This has been the reason the Vikings are three and four. Uh, They have, if you go to like RBSDM and you look at like the EPA per play stuff, if, when you click the button that says exclude turnovers, they skyrocket. <laughs> it's crazy how good they've been. If you just only exclude the turnovers and it's very yeah. like, besides that, how is the play Mrs. Lincoln? Right. But uh, that has been the story of the season. Four out of seven games. They've turned the ball over on the opening drive and they've had to dig themselves out of that. They did it against San Francisco. Luckily they got it back right away. They did it against the chiefs. Gave up a touchdown right away. They did it against Tampa. Gave up a touchdown right away. Um, so they have dig, dug themselves into deep, deep holes in the first half. And again, from talking to Peter, I know that the Packers have struggled in the first quarter in the first half. Yeah. So if you ask me, I think the, the path to the Vikings losing this game starts with what they've done in four of seven. If they come out opening drive, say Packers win the toss, defer Vikings up on offense first. They turn that ball over and the Packers go score and suddenly get some of that first half momentum. Um, And then they, you know, like there's a feel to that where you go, Hey, we got this now. All right. We're not, we're not in our heads about this first half crap anymore. We actually got off to a good start. We're not just starting slow. We got off to a good start. Let's go. And you start to feel that. Then I I feel like this game, you know, the the Packers can kind of pull themselves out of that funk. Um, So it's got, it's got to be protect the football. If, if you're the Vikings, um, but they've not done a very good job of that, of that. They've gotten fumbles from everybody. Madison has fumbled. Um, Addison has, well, he, I, I guess you call it an interception, but same idea that that Traverius word play in the Monday night game. Yeah. Um, you know, TJ Hawkinson has had that same thing happen to him. He had one just taken ripped away from him against the chargers. Brandon Powell has fumbled as a punt returner. We've had strip sacks. I mean, it's, we've had interceptions. They've been really, really loose with the football. So I, and I know that the Packers are probably cut all of those up and showed it to the whole team and said, this is what you do. Well, the good news for you guys is the Packers can't get any turnovers either. I think they're only at five, I want to say for the season. So it has not been uh, one of their oh, forte. It's a million percent an emphasis. Then I, I would dollars to donuts. I would bet Matt LaFleur has oh, somebody time. all those up and saying, you're getting turnovers this week. You're getting turnovers this week. I think that's going to be a huge story in this one. Um, just a couple of matchups that maybe you're going to be watching for, whether they're just fun matchups or you think they could be keys to the game. So the Vikings offensive line has been humming, uh, which is wild because it's the exact same group as last year. Yeah. And 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 it's and it's less healthy than last year. The O-line stayed relatively healthy last year. Um, they've had a backup center for a bunch of the year. Now they got a backup guard in, and it's just hasn't skipped it. It's wild. A lot of that is Christian Derrissaw. I think Derrissaw versus Rashawn Gary. That's a big test for Rashawn Gary. Yeah. Um, Derrissaw has been playing phenomenally all, going all the way to, toward last year. I, I think he's finally getting the recognition. He's on his way to that all pro nod. I've been, yep. I've been propagandizing. I've been trying to spread the good word about Derrissaw. He's that um, good. Yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, if Jair Alexander goes, um, cause I know he's hurt, but if he goes, I'll be really curious to see how the Packers approach Jordan Addison at, coming off of that big game. Do they treat him like he's the new Justin Jefferson for the Vikings? Obviously, no Justin Jefferson. He's on IR. So do they treat him like he's the new Justin Jefferson and say, 
uh, you know, you're the one guy we're going to shadow you with Jair. We're going to put a safety over the top of it. Do we, do we, do they take it that serious or do they just say, we're going to go, you know, single high cover one and you're shadowing, uh, Jordan Addison, or do they say, screw a shadow? We don't actually think that, you know, we need to do that with this guy. We're going to just like play our regular cover three bases, our regular quarter, quarter, half bases. And we're just going to kind of, you know, make guys find holes in the zone. Um, I know that they play a little bit more spot drop than zone match, which is a little bit out of character for the Fangio style stuff. But I'll be curious to see game plan wise, how they approach that. If it is Jair Alexander versus Jordan Addison, I think that's a huge test for Addison. Um, who is a smaller receiver who struggles with the physicality. And we, we see how Alexander presses, especially when he's in a too high look, you know, when he's, when he's in a half field look um, with a half safety over him. So he, he can afford to be really aggressive about that. It's crazy, right? We saw that yeah. against JJ last year in Lambeau. Um, I saw that against Devonte Adams too. When I watched the Raiders game, he's Big still time. doing that. Um, so, I mean, that's the kind of thing that Addison just dies to. And the the difference is it's against San Francisco. They did that to him all day, but the refs just kept calling it illegal contact. <laughs> so they, they kept getting the flags off of it. Um, and, and there's some skillfulness to that, right? You, there's yeah. ways you position yourself so that they have to reach a little more, you know, go be a theater kid and throw your arms up. Um, so we'll have to see about that. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other matchups. I do want to talk about Devontae Wyatt. Just he just stuck out to me. He's humming, huh? Yeah, um, he has against he has like Garrett Bradbury. Game. That could yeah. that could definitely be something that slows the Vikings run game down, which has been hugely up and down. They've had great days, they've had ridiculously awful days. Yeah, the, the Wyatt one's interesting. I, I think he's starting to get a little bit more recognition and he's playing solid football. It does come a little bit in spurts, but I, I think mm. the thing that people haven't quite recognized with Wyatt yet is like I think people just don't hear his name a ton and feel like, oh, he must not be playing well. But a yeah, lot of times he goes though. No, I know he's, he's like, playing good football. Like there's a play against the Raiders that I just can't stop thinking about. Um, I, I have it. I, I sometimes on my Twitter, I'll tweet out like, here's a run play. Tell me what happened on it. All levels of, of knowledge. Welcome. Cause I'm really curious. I'm always really curious to see, like there's a, a few coaches, like high school coaches that follow me that will have like really good insights on that. And then I think it's also like, if you don't know, like, yes, let's see, let's, let's all yeah. learn together. I love it. Um, I took that play and I have it scheduled to go up. It, it might already be up later today when I'm doing something else. So <laughs> um, it might already already be up by the time people listen to this, though. And it's that play. So go watch Devonte Wyatt on that play where he starts as a backside. I think he's one tech and yeah. he fights across. Uh, he fights a down block um, all the way across like two gaps and ruins what is a perfect B gap on, I think it was power or it was uh no, no, it was GY counter with a guy yeah. in motion. Um, it's an insane rep. Now it, Josh Jacobs cuts it back. Somebody else gets the tackle. He's not even the third nearest guy to the, to the plate, but he absolutely ruins it. And it's like, I know there is not a stat in the world that gives him credit for that. Um, and that's how it goes in the run game. You know, yeah. you, you do your job and you do it well, whether or not you get the stat, that's kind of not up to you. It's up to the running yeah. back, really. It's up to, yeah. you know, who, or, and it's up to the blocking scheme and, and how people read things out. But if you do your job, like, look, your coaches know you did your job, right? And they're going to be happy with you. So yeah, get out of here with the stats. And did you hear his name or anything like that? I think he's playing great. 
Yeah, the thing about why he's, he's massively talented, great size, great athleticism. His effort is incredible. He's got a great motor. It's just some of the technique stuff that he's putting together, and it is much better than it was a season ago, which is why he's getting a lot more playing time. He's a fun player. I think he's going to continue to progress, and I think we have seen some legitimate improvement from him. And to your, like, I'm glad you brought him up because I think it's gone a little bit unnoticed. Just really quick, too, I wanted to look because I know Packers practice was going on as we're recording this. Jair did practice on Friday. Okay. So, so he's probably like, going. Probably going to go, although with back injuries, you never quite know. He did practice yeah. last week and then didn't end up playing, but I would expect there's a decent chance that Jair plays in this game. Probably bug him all year. Yeah, exactly. A couple other things I really wanted to ask about really quick. I was talking to Sam Monson earlier this week, and one of the things he brought up about this game is like, if the Vikings win, I think he said they go to like 67 or somewhere on that realm uh, percent opportunity to make the playoffs. And if they lose, they go to like 30 something percent odds to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. This seems like a, it's maybe not like a huge game when you're looking at like, Oh, look at this matchup between the Vikings and the Packers. But for Minnesota, this does seem like a game that could legitimately change the trajectory of their season, whether they win or lose this game. How, how does this game feel to you? Um, that stuff in October rings a little hollow to me. Sure. Um, there's, there's a lot of season left. Sure. It's a huge one. I mean, look, division game on the road. That's how they're approaching it. Right. This yeah. is the Packers. And by the way, last time they stepped on Lambeau field, they got smacked. They got right. embarrassed yeah. and they remember. Um, so I think that they're, they're coming out saying we want to tag you back a little bit. Uh, and you'll hear it all the time. If, if you listen, like the Vikings put out all kinds of content, mic'd up stuff and all that you hear it all the time. Want to know, want to know all I want to do is be one to know every week. So I don't think they're really thinking about playoff position or anything like that. Oh, for sure. Um, they've got everybody in Minnesota media is looking at this next stretch as like, Oh, they could rattle off four or five wins or anything like that. And I don't get into any of that at all. I I'm, I'm kind of with it where it's like, look, go, go hit 500 now. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, and then we'll talk about it for me. The playoff position goal is two two back from Detroit by Christmas. If you're two back from Detroit by Christmas, you play them week 16, you play them week 18. So be two games back by then. And you control your own destiny and you can win the division if you just beat Detroit twice. So that's the goal right now. Be just, just keep pace with them. Just be within two. Last week was a really interesting week for the division with Detroit just getting slaughtered, Minnesota with the yeah. upset over San Francisco, Green Bay losing a very winnable game to the Broncos. Like it was just a weird uh, week and and not necessarily like, I, I don't think anything was like super. I mean, I guess the, the 49ers game is a little bit surprising, but it just oh, yeah. it definitely that, changed the outlook in the they, division. They put their hair on fire in that game in a way they haven't played in other games this year. Like yeah. they really came up for it. And those are always those like, moments where like if all of a sudden they beat the 49ers and then lose to the Packers, it's like, well, we could have just, you know, lost to the 49ers and beat the Packers. We would have ended up in the same, same spot of what we yeah. were projected to do eventually. But this will be a really fun one. Before I get you out of here, your prediction uh, for the game before we get to Sunday. So I, I have gotten to a point where I refuse to do score pr predictions. I, I nobody learns anything. I love, score that. I love right? it. I hate score predictions as well. I, like, I hate all predictions, by the way, but go yeah. ahead. What, what do you ever learn from them? Right. No. What, what can you ever take from a prediction? Either you no. were right or you weren't. It's probably mostly luck because none of us are very smart. And nobody, um, nobody remembers on like Tuesday anyway of like, oh, you know, Luke's right. <laughs> I mean, it's just nobody cares. Right. Well, yeah. People will dig up some old tweet four months later and be like, look, you said they would win this game. And it's like, I don't, I probably was just saying it. Yeah. Um, so what I'll say is the only thing I can say with any confidence is that this game will be a one score game and it'll be down to the wire. 
Yeah. Uh, it, I have said this every week. I have not yet been burned by it. They've been in a one score ge- game. They played seven games. They played seven one score games. <laughs> it's insane. Minnesota is um, like the ultimate one score game team. They are. And it's because they have an inconsistent run game, right? They are overly aggressive with a lead. So they're susceptible to like three and out touchdown, three and out touchdown, that kind of thing. And suddenly you're clawing back in the game, but they're also explosive more explosive with justin jefferson but they found that explosiveness with addison last week too um so if they're behind two scores they can also explode and you know suddenly big long touchdown and they're back in this so don't touch that dial everybody that's my prediction if it's the third quarter and it feels like you know 10 point lead game's over it feels like it's grinding to a halt do not touch that dial it absolutely is not over I love it. Luke, you are fantastic. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Uh, anything else you want to plug on the way out before we get you out of here? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm working for the rest of the day. Hopefully I'll have it up before I go to bed tonight uh, on a Packer Scout episode. So if you want to see what, what I think from an outside perspective um, on patreon.com slash Luke Braun NFL, come on down and join. Or if you uh, don't want to do that, all of my stuff on Patreon becomes free to watch after the next game. So after the Packers game, it'll be free to watch. I don't know what you want with a preview, but Hey, if you're just interested in some film study uh, and seeing a little bit more into my brain and how I think (laughs) you can check that out. You can also see Jordan Addison breakdown and a breakdown of how they neutralized Nick Bosa. You can find that patreon.com slash Luke Braun NFL. Yeah, it's great stuff. Luke does amazing work and, it's always one of those things of like, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. If you want to know what the, the Vikings as the enemy are doing, keep track of Luke because he's got it all broken down 365 days a year. Again, you can follow him at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL and follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. That does it for us. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.